0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Pacher, Ride and Solo, for this wonderful Saturday, April 16th. We got first round matchups to talk about. Playoffs are here. And it's an exciting one. It's four games that we're gonna be talking about on the main slate. Starts around 1, I'm sorry, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Gotta get that, you know, lined back up uh still stuck on my central over here but nonetheless we got some good games to talk about so i'm going to jump into everything but before i do a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at thrive fantasy guys there's still time left you can come prop up with us over there at thrive fantasy it is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props with thrive you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game Choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. When you head over there and sign up, use that promo code ETHOS. That is E-T-H-O-S, and you receive a 100% instant first deposit match at up to $100. Again, that is ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, to receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can find Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Alright, we're going to jump right into things. The first game is going to be the Utah Jazz, traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks here. This is a 1 p.m. Eastern Standard start time. But, obviously, the news is big news. biggest news on the slate is that Luka Doncic will not be participating in this game after injuring his calf. And a meaningless and I, this frustrates me as a Mavs fan, meaningless end of regular season game. No seeding was going to be determined by this game. This game meant nothing. He should have been sat. He should have been rested. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, he has a calf strain. And personally, I'd be shocked to see him play even the first three, uh, the whole series in essence. But I mean, listen, he's probably going to try to come back and play at least one or two games towards the end if he could. Uh, but it's it's troublesome. We also have Tim Hardaway Jr., Frank Nittaclina rolled out. The Jazz are good to go. This game's coming in at a 209.5 game total with the Jazz being favored by only four and a half points. I feel like it should be a little higher though. We'll start off here with Utah and we know what their playoff rotations pretty much look like at this point. We know what their heavy hitters are capable of doing and we know what price tags they should probably be looking. But Donovan Mitchell coming in at 8,100. It's too cheap uh you'll hear me say that theme all throughout this this slate this podcast is that you have a lot of these studs that just feel like they're a little too cheap which you know steers me away from any sort of stars and scrubs approach i will not be trying to get any two guys that are over 9k in the same lineup i'd rather just roll with guys like mitchell 8100 who has the same upside as some of these guys in that 9k range where we know he's got 50 upside we know he's got probably about a 35 to 40 dk point floor Making it extremely easy and comfortable to pl- plug him in your lineups and feel good about it. Now, he's averaging about 40 DK points, 39 DK points in four matchups against his Ma- against the Mavs this season. Uh, but he's doing so in a tune of 24 actual points, which is a little bit lower than what his regular season average is. Uh, five assists, three and a half boards. So those pretty much in line. But what we're looking for is the big scoring total for Mitchell. And we know that Mitchell gets up during these playoff games. He will play a few extra minutes, especially if the game is close uh i'm all over donovan mitchell i like him um i'm gonna have plenty of shares now there's other options that we have that are near that salary that we will talk about that you could argue against and and listen i i wouldn't fault if you wanted to go those ways but when trying to spread out ownership between all four games that's that's the main thing i'm taking into account with donovan mitchell and again the ceiling and the floor next guy we need to talk about would be rudy gobert coming in a very similar price tag of about 8k and i feel the same way about rudy but the only difference is that i have a lot of center eligible players that I like on this slate where I don't need to get the exposure to Rudy Gobert. With that being said, Dallas has struggled against opposing centers all throughout the course of the season. And I have no fault if you want to go that way, Uh, but I probably won't. And now the only other guys I think that are worth mentioning are going to be the other starters in this. I'm not going to be going too crazy into bench options, but Mike Conley coming in at 5,700, if you happen to land on him, I don't mind it. I'm just not going to be building around it. I think the biggest thing with Conley has been that they've been pretty much resting him as often as possible on back-to-backs, limiting in the minutes and blowouts, everything they need to to make sure he is healthy for this playoff push. Now, Conley at 5,700, it's an appropriate price tag, but coming into, out of the regular season over the past four games, he scored at least 30 DK points, but he struggled to kind of hit that ceiling as often as we'd like. He'll, he's capable of the 40, we just, we don't see it often. We see it maybe once every five games. So I'm probably going to just avoid playing Conley. If I land on him, I wouldn't mind it. If I'm playing him, it's not going to be in the same lineup as a lineup with Mitchell. Uh, There's just too many games, too many higher game totals uh, to choose from. So that's kind of my take on this one. And again, the other guy I wanted to mention would be Bogdanovich, who is just the other main scoring option at Uh, 5,400. Slightly too cheap. He should probably be more closer to Conley's price tag. But I don't think, again, by any means is he a must play. And there's other options in that price tag that I do prefer over him. Onto the Dallas side of things. Obviously, with Luka Doncic out, there's going to be usage to go around. There's going to be minutes to go around. We just got to try to calibrate and figure out how we're going to approach this. Uh, Two biggest heavy hitters are going to be Jalen Brunson at 7200 and then Spencer Dinwiddie coming in at 63 I prefer Dinwiddie over him ever so slightly just because of the price tag difference. Uh, Brunson will handle the ball a little bit. Dinwiddie's going to handle the ball a little bit. But with Doncic being out again, there is a lot of ball handling responsibilities to get divvied out between those two. And there's a lot of usage and a lot of shot depth. So give me the guy that's going to be a $900 salary cheaper uh, in Dinwiddie. They both have the same eligibility at both point guard and shooting guard. So you can kind of mix and match these guys in multiple different ways. Sign me up. I'm I'm good with both of them, but I see myself having more shares of Dinwiddie. And I think the field will probably do the same just simply because there's a lot of guys in that mid-tier range who have that 50 to 40 DK point upside that we don't have to pay that price tag for. Uh, outside of him i mean the other two heavy hitters that we got to talk about are going to be the front court guys with dwight powell he's only averaging 24 regular season minutes against this team but wouldn't be surprised if we see him play uh you know four four more maybe gets that 28 29 minute range with that being said i'm not paying 5200 for dwight powell i'd much rather pay the 3300 for maxi kleber go towards the value well uh, he's averaging almost the same kind of workload against his team in the th- throughout the course of the regular season, 24 and a half minutes. Now he's not doing as much with them. But we know Kleber's much, much cheaper salary, $1,900 discount. And when he hits his three balls, it's going to be a good night for him. So a little bit of a gamble with Kleber. I think there's a better value play that is a very similar price tag that we will get to. But still very much in play. And I'm not going to flirt with Davis Bertans. Uh, Reggie Bullock at 4800 is just a little bit more expensive than I would like to pay. So I don't think I'll be going there either. We'll move on to the next game. Minnesota traveling to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies here. For the injury report, just Killian Tilly for the Grizzlies. Torian Prince is questionable for the Timberwolves. This game's coming in at a 236.5 game total with the Grizzlies being favored by 6.5. This has the largest game total on the slate. We'll start off here with Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns coming in at 9,600. I'll never tell you not to play cat, especially when he's less than 10K, but I'm not playing cat. Uh, simply because we can get Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid for less than a thousand or a thousand dollars more on the dot. So it makes an easy decision for me. Memphis's defense has been stout all season long. I'm not going to pinpoint this matchup for him. He's very contrary in play if you want to go that route, but nonetheless, I, I don't see myself having shares. The one guy I do see myself having shares in would be D'Angelo Russell at 7,200. Had plenty of him in that playing game against LA. Worked out fantastic. Uh, when it comes down to it, big minutes for Russell is going to equal a big fantasy point line. It's just that simple. Uh, the past three games that we've seen him play, at least 30 minutes, he scored 51, 45, and 35. So we're getting a nice, comfortable floor when he's playing 30-plus minutes. And then on top of that, we know what his ceiling is. So this guy is lightning in a bottle. He can score in bunches. When his three balls fall in, it's going to be a great night for him. But he also gives you the consistency with the high assists. He's averaging seven assists on this season. And I expect this one to be pretty much... I would take the over on seven if I had to bet. I would say we're probably looking at... Eight, He's tuned up the Grizzlies all season long. In four matchups, he's played 35 minutes and is averaging almost 49 DK points with 48.6 DK points. And that's two a two to 31 points, seven assists, three and a half points. So I am all over D'Angelo Russell. He's another reason why, again, we talk about a guy like Fred VanVleet that we'll get to in that next game. Where I just don't see myself having too many shares of him. And again, I, I don't fault you. These guys are all great options. They all have pretty much higher floors and higher ceilings than a lot of the other guards that we've seen in the league. But I think Russell's ceiling is right around with those guys. We're getting a discount. The only thing that you can argue against him is that the floor could be somewhat lower just because we've seen Edwards have his night. Towns is going to get his share of attempts. Don't get me wrong. Um, And a lot of it's going to be scoring reliant when we know Russell, he has that elevated assist floor. But when he shoots most of his shots from deep, it can equal an off shooting night. And all of a sudden we're looking at 29 DK points and we paid 7,200. Still very, very much into him. Uh, outside of the outside of Russell, though, I prefer him. Like I said, over Edwards, wouldn't fault you if you want to go to Edwards. I just don't see myself getting too many shares of him. Uh, but I do want to talk about the front court a little bit because uh, we got Jared Vanderbilt coming in at 4K, and he kind of steps in as a decent value play. Uh, he's averaging about 21.4 DK points against his team in four matchups. It's in 23 minutes. So they might end up divvying that up a little bit. It might end up seeing a little bit of Prince if he can play. It could be McDaniel's that ends up seeing some decent run going against his team. But nonetheless, it's playoff time, and when it's playoff time, you're going to go with your best players. If anything happens to Cat, he has a little bit of an elevated ceiling simply because he could slide over to that four or I mean that five position a little bit, get some run at both, and he'd probably play about 24 minutes, 25 minutes if that's the case. They still have Nasri, but like I said, I think that he's an option at 4K. On the Grizzly side of the ball, John ja Morant coming in at 9,800. Ja is a superstar in this league, just not a superstar I want to target on this slate. 9,800 is a fair price tag for what he's done all season long, but in this specific matchup, he's averaging 38 DK points in four games against them in 33 minutes. D'Angelo Russell is an underrated defender this season. He's been nothing but great on the defensive end, and it's not a matchup I really want to pinpoint, especially at that price tag, because we have you know, Steph Curry cheaper than him. We have James Harden cheaper than him. Or if, like I said, I'm probably only spending up on one stud over 9K, and if that's the case, it's going to be Nikola Jokic in that last game. Just that simple for me. I don't mind looking at these other ancillary options. I do like Jaron Jackson Jr. at 6,800. Again, he's one of those players, when it comes down to it, it's minutes. And when he gets the minutes, we, we get good results from him. There's no doubt about it. He's averaged 30 minutes against this team, and that tuned up to be about 35 DK points. I'm expecting that if this game stays close and he can stay out of foul trouble, we're looking more at like 34 to 35 minutes. We see these rotations get a lot tighter and stricter. And where that's the case, they're going to want to play their best players. And Jackson is, without a doubt, one of their best young players, one of the best young players in the league. So give me some shares of Jaron Jackson. If you want to take some you know, some pivot plays and maybe take like a Dylan Brooks, uh, simply because you're not playing John Morant, we know Brooks is going to shoot. Let's say John Morant struggles with his shot. Game stays close. The points have to come from somewhere. Dylan Brooks could easily be that guy at 6,200. Now there are other 6K options that we will get to that I think I prefer over him. But I'm keeping him in my player pool. And then the last guy I wanted to mention would be Brandon Clark at 3,800. Slim pickets in playoffs when it comes to value of plays. And one guy that we know that's been extremely consistent throughout the course of the season is Brandon Clark. Even in limited minutes, if he plays 18 to 20 minutes, he can easily pay off that $3,800 price tag. No doubt about it in my mind, he's averaging 22 minutes against his team and averaging over a DK point per minute in that time span, tuning up to get 24 DK points in only 22 minutes. If anything ever happens to Steven Adams, we know there's even more upside baked in there. Uh, Whether Adams gets into foul trouble, rolls an ankle, whatever it may be, we're going to see Clark be the next man up. So sign me up. I'm good with uh, Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark as my two top plays over here on Memphis. We will keep it moving. Fourth game of the night, Toronto Raptors traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the Sixers. Jaden Springer, questionable. Charles Bassey ruled out. We do not have an injury report just yet for the Raptors. They have yet to submit it, so we're going to have to wait and see how that looks. But we'll start off here with them. They should be good to go. I'm not anticipating any major injuries. Uh, And the Raptors are always a tough team to choose from because when they are healthy like they are, they have a ton of good options. This is a deep team we're talking to just about their one through five we'll probably anticipate seeing uh you know a couple different ways that they can go about this whether they want to go with the size and start a boucher or an achua i could see that or they're going to go a little bit smaller and end up running like van Vleet, gary Trent jr uh og scotty barnes and then Siakam at the five so we really need to kind of monitor with this starting lineup i anticipate that they just try to match up with size otherwise joan b is going to have a field day on pascal siakam there's just no doubt about it but I'm going to, because I'm basing that, I'm going to be a little bit more interested in some of these value centers. Whether you want to look at Boucher at 4,600 or Preston Chachua at 4,300, both these guys are averaging heavy minutes against this team this season. Boucher is averaging about 31.2 minutes. Now, I think that with a grain of salt, because in some of those matchups, we saw a starter sitting, uh, whether it's ever Van Lee or Trent, um, OG, whenever one of those guys sit, we tend to see the, the minutes sway a little bit more towards the big men. They just rather push uh, Siakam down to the four than try to throw another guard like you know, Sophia in there or anything like that. So uh, I do still have interest. I just think when it comes down to it, it's, they're going to need the size. Otherwise, this series is going to be over quickly. So give me both those value centers. I'm interested in them. And Boucher is actually power forward eligibility, which always helps when constructing lineups. But I think both those guys are excellent options. And then if I had to choose between the rest of these guys, Siakam, Van Vliet, Barnes, Trent, OG, they're all probably fairly priced. I, I don't see us getting major discounts with any of them. I think Van Vliet is probably the one guy that could be a little bit more expensive, maybe around that 82 to $8,300 mark. And I wouldn't bat an eye at that. Uh, but when it comes down to it, like I mentioned before, I like Russell. I like Mitchell, where I just don't see myself gravitating towards these guys now. It feels weird not having any shares of the actual starters outside of those potential starting centers that we might see. But uh, when they're all healthy, it's, it's a dart throw. And I think that's where they come in. I think they're like worse cash game plays, but better tournament plays compared to some of these other guys on the other slate. But again, I, I think Van Vliet is an option. And then if we see that uh, OG is starting, I don't mind OG. Uh, and I think I, I don't mind Trent just because he's lightning in a bottle. He can pay off that salary with hot shooting and the absorbent amount of steals that we can see from him as well. On the other side of the ball, already touched on Joel Embiid several times. This is a picture-perfect matchup for him. He can easily eat and eat well. He's averaging 36 minutes in this matchup this season to a 251.70k points. What it comes down to is that I just prefer Nikola Jokic over him for $200 more. I'm not going to be able to get both these guys in my lineups. So I got to pick one and it's not going to be Embiid. So that kind of opened up the well that if I'm playing anyone on this team, it would be someone like James Harden at 9,200, uh, who we've seen James Harden put up some nice playoff stats in the past. He's averaging about 40, 60 K points against his team this season in 38 minutes across three matchups. So, it's definitely there for him i think that when you're looking at just the uh, overall four from james harden it's always at least 40 dk points since he's been on this team and we've seen him hit that 50 point upside a few times as well he even get 60 here and there but not as often as we're used to seeing when we're talking about james harden so i'm gonna have interest in him i think they're gonna throw everything that they can at him they have very good perimeter defenders with a lot of length talking about og you know talk about gary trent Talking about Scotty Barnes, they have a lot of options that they can just mix and match in James Harden, so they're not going to make it easy for him. So at 9,200, he is an option for me, but like I said, I just don't, I'm not really constructing my lineups to have more than one option over 9K, so he's on the outside looking in, but he's definitely still a playable uh, option for us and somebody I'm keeping in my player pool. Uh, and that i'm not really going to much else over here i think that when it comes to this team it's going to be the heavy hitters it's going to be hard and it's going to be in beat and we see some of these ancillary options you know maybe it's uh you know maybe it's a little bit of tyrese maxi and a little bit of tobias harris but at their price tag i need more than a little bit uh we're looking at harris at 6700 maxi at 64. 30 dk points isn't gonna be enough for me uh, i need to see that 35 to 40 and i just don't want to bet on them having 35 to 40 in a tough matchup and in this one so i'll probably opt against them and i think that we have better value plays Uh, that we could look at outside of Matisse Theibel. So I will probably take a pass there as well. Final game. Denver Nuggets traveling to Golden State, taking on the Warriors. And this one's going to be a fireworks show. Uh, No Michael Porter Jr., no Jamal Murray. Steph Curry is probable and ready to make his return after he sprained his left foot. And then James Wiseman has been ruled out. We will start here with the Nuggets. It's Nikola Jokic for me and Nikola Jokic all day. There's no doubt about it. He's averaged 65 DK points against his team in four games this season in only 34 minutes, and I anticipate that we see more than 34 minutes from who I believe is the MVP uh, and a guy that is going to need this team to basically run on his back to have a chance in this series. There's no doubt about it. Over the past five games coming into this regular se- or ending the regular season, it even go seven games. We'll say seven games <laughs> because it's the truth. He's averaged at least 70 DK points in that span. It's insane. The, he, there's no reason why, even in a playoff matchup, just trying to—it's it, egregious this price tag. He should be at least 12k, if not higher. Uh, sign me up. I mean, it, it, just just give me all the Jokic. You know, I, I the floor is probably 50 tk points at the very least. Um, I would even argue 55 to 60. And at 10-6, with the ceiling, with the floor, it just doesn't make sense to fade him. Now, if you want to try to be contrarian and playing beat over him, I think you could look that way. I don't fault you. And beat's got plenty of upside too. He just doesn't hit that upside as much as Jokic does with the consistency of hitting that 70k point mark he has another option on that team and james harden can easily shoulder some of the load and have a big game himself there's literally no one there but Jokic, it just makes so much sense for me to go with him and now if you want to look at some of these other options you can maybe take a stab at monte morris uh, like i talked about these rotations get a little bit tighter and i think when it comes down to it uh, Morris is going to be more trusted than a guy like Bones Highland. We saw Bones Highland's price tag kind of jump up towards the end of the regular season, but that was because it was the end of the regular season. Once playoff time hits, the rotations get tighter. we see seen Monte play well in this matchup. He's averaging almost 32 DK points in 31 minutes in three games, uh, going against the Golden State Warriors. 16.7 points, 4.7 assists, 4.7 boards. So he's the other option that I have my eye on. I Don't think I'll be going to too much Will Barton or too much Aaron Gordon. I think those are contrarian plays at best. If you're looking at them, Aaron Gordon's going to get the tough matchup of drawing against Draymond Green, and then Will Barton is going to get a tough matchup drawn against uh, of a guy like Andrew Wiggins who has elevated his defensive game very similarly to D'Angelo Russell. Um, Not even just this season; last season as well, we've seen them just kind of, you know, be more than just uh, that bust that everyone's always talking about because of what he's able to provide on the defensive end. On to the Warriors, we got options we have options. I think Draymond Green at 6,100 is going to be one of my favorite plays uh, on this team, let alone maybe even on the slate. The biggest thing with Draymond is the minutes. How many minutes is Draymond playing? Because during the regular season, there was no incentive for him to play big minutes. It was just trying to get him kind of geared up and ready for playoffs. And bottom line, the last seven regular season games where he's played at least 30 minutes, he scored less than 30 DK points only once and more than 40 DK points in three of those. So they're going to need to give him a good run. He's very versatile. We know that he's the most effective when Steph's on the floor because he gets those outlet passes, and you always find Steph Curry on those deep threes. So I'm good with Draymond at 6,100. And the other option I really, really like is going to be Kevon Looney at 3,400. That's just too cheap for a guy who's averaged 27 minutes against the Nuggets this season. It's no, no secret. They're going to need size to kind of body up with Jokic. He's their best option right now. I, granted, Draymond will probably see some run at 5. Uh, but he is just not big enough to <laughs> kind of match up with Nikola Jokic. So I think at 3400 Looney might come in as one of my favorite value plays on the slate. I don't think he'll be a secret. I think he'll probably draw some fair ownership, but not as much as you should. Uh, he doesn't even need the 27 minutes. If he gives us 23 or 24 he can easily pay off that $3,400 price tag. All it's going to take is 20 DK points, and we'll be happy with that return. Probably it. Again, would have if you want to look at Clay, Wiggins, or Curry, I'm not playing Pool at 83 with Curry back in the lineup. I'm not playing Kaminga at 5K based on playoff rotations. I don't expect them to see significant minutes. And I think the one guy that I, I didn't mention that can kind of creep in there is a little sneaky play. It could be a guy like Otto Porter Jr. who's 4,700. And the biggest thing with Otto Porter Jr. has been his health. And the Warriors have tried to baby him as much as they could this season, giving him plenty of rest to make sure he was going to be healthy for playoff matchups. Don't be shocked if they end up playing him a decent amount. We're we're looking at something close to 25, 26 minutes uh, in a very versatile role. Playing a little bit of the four behind Draymond for probably about, I would say, 14, 13 to 15 minutes total. Playing a little bit of the three for another 10 to 13 minutes total. And then all of a sudden, he's a a decent return at 4,700. And that is all. That is the entire slate. So now I will jump into my picks of the night. My tiers, where I'll give two from each. We'll start off expensive tier. No doubt about it. Nikola Jokic, you don't need me to say much more. And then the uh, the other one I'll go with would be Donovan Mitchell at 8100 And then for the mid-tier range, I think uh, I, I told you guys I do like D'Angelo Russell at $72. Um, I think that he's just a rock-solid option. And then we just got done talking about Draymond Green at 6100 So I'm all in on both those guys. I think that they're both in great spots. And I'm going to have plenty of shares. And then I'll give a third just because he's going to be chalky, and it's going to be Spencer Dinwiddie at 63 as well. So uh, there we go, little little bonus. And then for the value plays, Gavon Looney at 3400. I talked about him, one of my favorite value plays. And then I'm going to group two guys in here, and it's going to be I, I'll give I'll give a couple more picks here just because we have a caveat. It's going to be centers for Toronto, whether you want to play the Boucher route or you want to go to the Achua route. I think that Boucher has the higher upside. And if he's starting, he's the guy that he's just overall better defender than Achua. So I expect him to probably draw the start, if anything. Okay. Um, but keep your eye on that. And then I, I mentioned also Brandon Clark as well. So that wraps up everything. Thank you guys for listening. And of course, I thank you for your patience. I've been out of town for the last week, just got back. So uh, I appreciate my, my, man, my main men holding down the fort over here. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys for always listening. Uh, and then also being supportive. That is huge. It's been a big stress ball of my life for the past week and a half with the whole potential move and job opportunities out there. So thank you for your patience. Now let's go out there and let's crush some GPPs.